I never had a plum or tuna fish Baby, no Let me try some new exciting dish Baby, no Bok choy, collard greens, pad thai So many foods I haven't tried I'm kinda scared to eat them I won't lie Welcome to Baby Mouth. I'm Jimmy Smagula. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Baby Mouth Pod. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jimmy Smagula. If you enjoy photos of adorable dogs, I have the cutest dog in the world. That's a lot of my Instagram. This week, oh boy, very controversial. And frankly, I have butterflies in my stomach. Oysters, not a food that I have grown up hearing about. I don't think anyone in my family's ever had an oyster fried or otherwise. We're doing raw oysters this week, but I am happy. There is a silver lining to all of this this week, and that is I trust the man who's going to guide me through what I think is going to be a horror. He is a terrific guy. He's a friend. I've been at his wedding. He's a creator. He created a show. It was on CBS. Who, who says that? He's a writer. I actually saw him do stand-up. He makes me laugh harder than literally almost everybody. Patrick Walsh. Pat, welcome to Baby Mouth. hey <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> intro, Jimmy. I, you know, I would say it was within the last year that I learned how to pronounce your last name and Bridger's last name. And really? Bridger I've known for a decade. You didn't know that Br- my boyfriend Bridger and Pat are very good friends. You didn't know it was Weiniger? I thought Winiger, like vinegar. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, it's just how it's spelled. And and to me, Winiger sounds more Mormon. And I know he was, he was raised in the faith, like he, Jedediah Winiger. Jedediah like Winiger, a, come yeah. down off the mountain with the golden tablets. <laughs> yeah, you would think Winnegar does kind of suit that, but it's Weiniger, and I am, in fact, Smagula. People, uh, well, what did you think it was? Well, they're both names I've never heard, um, and when I when I have that, sometimes I, I say them just in the way I find most fun. So for you, I was always, uh, uh, I did Smagula, Jimmy Smagula, which which sounds maybe not like a good thing. I don't know what it is. Well, it's interesting because when you say the most fun, I was going to say I always tell people when they make the mistake, 90% of people say smagula. And when they say that, I say, no, no, say it the fun way, smagula. Better smagula, Jimmy smagula. Patrick, gorgeous singing voice. He sent me a voice memo this morning, by the way, of just the most gorgeous irish song i mean the guy's got pipes i know there's a lot of broadway people listening if you need a guy maybe like mr cellophane in chicago you'd be terrific or was that john c Riley? john c Riley in the movie yes and many other actors on but did you ever think of doing did you start off wanting to be an actor ever or no i did i and i'll take a john c Riley. i know i'm not dick gear i know i'm not a a a cat zeta jones um (laughs) <laughs> I did start. I I acted through um 
high school through my senior year, I was always in the plays. Yeah. And then I hit a point during college where my options were either go to New York or LA and try to be a writer, get into the entertainment biz, or go to Chicago and do Second City and act. And I just thought to myself, Pat, you're not, I'm not unique looking enough. I'm not, you know, I'm not outgoing enough to make it in that world. I didn't think. So I wow. went into uh, entertainment, and I've been miserable ever since. I know. Well, it's not good on either side—the writing no. or the acting. It's it's really, really hard. It's really tough. Yeah. Now, a multicam sitcom is is much more stage like, though. No. Oh is yeah. It exact, is it the exact same skill, or is it a little different? No, it's still a little different. It's still a little smaller, okay. uh, I think. But you know, the very first show that I did when I moved here in 2011 was Hot in Cleveland. Yes. Which was a multicam directed right. by David Trainer, who's a huge multicam. You've probably worked with him, director. I have. Love he looks that. like uh looks like David Cronenberg. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> great guy. And yeah. it was a great, great show. And it was live in front of a studio audience. So you get the laughs and you know how to hold for laughs because of your theater training. But still it still feels a little smaller. And technically it's much different for for my money it was much different because you, you there's just certain physical things when you're landing you know when you get to that part in the script where you have the joke line there's certain physical things you don't want to be doing that's distracting right. moving around and things there's just there's just a technicality about acting for camera that is something that has to be learned has to be learned sure who did you portray on Hot in Cleveland? On Hot in Cleveland, I portrayed... Oh, boy, I wish I could remember the name of the character. No idea, but I was Marissa Jarrett Winoker, who actually just won Celebrity Big Brother a few years ago. You know her You know her husband, Judah Married Miller, to my good friend Judah, yes. I, I, I met her briefly, yeah. Lovely, lovely gal. I played yeah. her husband, and the episode was about the fact that she and her two girlfriends wanted to become skinny, and they were trying to do all this stuff to get skinny and what they thought was more beautiful. And then at the end, the husbands came in and we said, I like you the way you were. You don't even smell like bacon anymore. You're a totally different person. <laughs> I, you know, and that, so yeah, you know, it was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah. <laughs> and you started at NBC, right? Pat, did, weren't you a page at NBC? I did. I, when I moved to New York, I knew nobody. I had about 600 bucks wow. and, uh, and a dream, you know? <laughs> And uh, I I got into the page program, which uh, was a few years later brought to bigger fame via uh, Tina Fey, of course. Right, and and right. Jack McBrayer played my part. I actually knew Jack when I was a page. He was always he always played like Hick number one on Late Night with Conan when he was on at twelve thirty a.m. <laughs> I could see that. And uh, we were always friendly. But then one day, my favorite singer songwriter Elvis Costello came to the show, and I I really wanted to watch him rehearse. And Jack was like, I'll, I'll just pretend to be the page. I look young enough. So he sat at, at the page desk for me while I went in and watched Elvis, which was dangerous for me because I could have lost my thing. Come, c- cut to five years later, the man's using his training to, to portray a supporting character wow. out there. Wow. Well, so yeah. you were a page at the Conan show. Well, you're a page, and then for for three months, you give tours of the NBC studios. Oh. So, you know, you have a group of 30, and then you and a fellow page take you around and show you the sets and stuff like that. And what sucked about it is that, uh, you know, 50% of the time, the, the tour would include the Conan O'Brien desk. It would include <laughs> Saturday Night Live, and you see all the stages. Yeah. But then sometimes those sets would be closed, and you're like, gang, we're heading over to the Dateline studio. <laughs> oh, no. 
right right there where you're standing is where one Stone Phillips once stood. <laughs> people would get so pissed off. Like the tours could range from 15 minutes to an hour 15, and it was the same price. You oh. never knew what you're going to see. And if you came on a on a Thursday when when SNL was doing dress rehearsals, yeah. you, you could you could walk over and watch in the same room. The biggest stars in the world rehearse the sketches. So it, wow. it really is a grab bag in terms of when you go. But if you are going to go do the tour, do it on a Thursday where they're having SNL. That's oh, my Oh, this is good. This is good insider information. So Thursday's yes. the day to do it. It's it's the day. And then you interview for assignments within the page program. You have one year to kind of try to get a job. So I did Conan and SNL. Um you're, you're kind of handling the talent, which is very exciting. You yeah. get to see people for the monsters or oh nice people that God. they are. I was there for the famous uh, Ashley Simpson debacle. Oh, where, my God. I remember that when she was like, wrong song, because they put the yeah. wrong lip sync track yeah. in the in the machine and the she wrong ra- lyrics. She ran right by me. And oh. uh, it, it, I felt terrible for her because it's like everyone else is doing this exact same thing you just got caught it's a bummer and we never heard from her again we really didn't <laughs> it felt like she went into obscurity <laughs> after that moment what is she is she working at the yogurt land what happened to <laughs> ashley simpson well i assume jessica sends her a check once a month but takes care of her ashley what was her hit even what was that big song there was one, Oh, i don't remember there was one song well she must have had two songs because she lip-synced the first one successfully right. And then it was the second performance and they came back and they said, now again, you know, Ashley Simpson and then all hell broke loose. And that was the end. Where did she go? Ashley, if you're, I'm sure you're listening right in baby mouth podcast at gmail.com. Love to have you on the program. Maybe we could do some (laughs) kind of frozen yogurt, a flavor I've never had. Where is Ashley? Let's free Ashley. I couldn't agree more. And, and, And if I could go further, screw Brittany. No, re- well, now I can't say no. I can't leave say her that. in her terrible situation. Oh, we need to we need to put the energy into Ashley, Said the true talent, like a true straight man, a straight man <laughs> who, frankly, ladies and gentlemen, I saw recently before the pandemic at Golden Girls Live. You and Joe That's DeRosa right. had to have been the only straight men. Uh, I I would imagine you heard me laughing i found that to be one of the funniest shows i've ever seen in my life it's incredible it is four drag queen in purse people and they well and not even drag queens it's just four performers that dress up like yeah uh the four girls and it's one of my favorite you know it's it is my favorite multicam show ever is the golden girls it's it's one of the best. Joe uh, is a, even a bigger a fan than I am. He watches it over and over and over. And all they do is just two episodes of the show. Uh, they read the actual scripts. Yeah. And, and something about the way they do it is just unbelievably funny. It's Drew Drogi, and then I'm not... I, the other Sam guys, I'm Pancake. Not, Sam Pancake, yes. And then there is a drag queen person in it, and I can't remember who it was, and then someone else. They're just... They're so funny and it's so good and i can't wait to go back to that casita del campo place well it's directly by my house i hate to give it away for all the the oh autograph boy. hounds oh but boy. um you're gonna have stalkers. i can i can walk there you could walk down to the casita Ca- casa del what's it called casito del campo casito. which is I, and i hate to do this especially at a time when people are struggling but not good food not great food even the chips and salsa are subpar i remember the chips not being good i had some of your chips 
There's a staleness. Yeah, they could update their... Ch- Hopefully they're updating. You know, this is a good time that everybody shut down. Do a little revamp. Take stock of your restaurant. Take stock of your... How could Couldn't we, not agree more. How could we improve our chips and salsa? <laughs> I mean, for starters, uh, put them out while they're still good. Yeah, it would be well, my suggestion. Yeah. Before the expiration date. Yeah, it, the place does have a very fun vibe to it, I will say. We lo- I love it. And the Golden Girls Live, uh, we're going to be going back as soon as we can. Now, I have another, I have a little bone to pick with you, Patrick. Because oh, I was no. thinking, well, I was thinking about you and how you've kind of infused yourself into my life. And the one thing I think that you have done is you have kind of ruined every, I know, you've ruined <laughs> almost every Joe Biden speech that I will ever watch again. <laughs> because tell the people why well look i'm not the person who invented the word but i do have a love of the word folks (laughs) the word folks um and if i see a lot of people and and when i am am in writers rooms and stuff people try to do it as well but there are rules people think there aren't rules give us the rules well they think it's any bad joke or any pun can can get a folks but it's got to be one where both the sayer and the receiver of it know in their hearts immediately, yeah, that's a real good, like, Andrew Dice Clay-style joke that requires a folks. And my my soulmate with it is Joe. I do it on my, on my podcast, and we both know when there's a folks in the air and say it in unison, generally. But um, other people will say, like, you know, uh, you know, some stupid ass pun, and then uh, and then try to try to bring a folks in, and it's just sad. Could you honest. give us an example of something that would constitute a folks? Could you think of one? And I'm putting you on the spot, but you know, boy, you sure are. See, by the way, what you how that started with you saying, "A, I'm mad at you. Yeah. Uh, B, you've ruined something for me." Is is the subtext I hear when anyone starts any conversation with me? I, even if they're not saying that, I, that's what I hear. It's not true. It is. It is it's terrible, Patrick. My brain is diseased. It's terrible. But, uh, that's why you're a brilliant comedy writer. Sure. If you had a healthy brain, you'd be a, a cardiologist or something. I don't know. And for the first forty years of life, I uh, I said I'll take the unhappiness. Yeah. In favor of being a guy who who can make a funny joke, and now that I I've turned forty, my God, have I changed my priorities? Yeah, now it's too late. Now you can't go back. It's too late. Yeah, exactly. Any example of a joke that would get a folks? Look, I'm just gonna go to my Twitter. I, I rarely tweet now, but I knew I had a sizzler the other day. I knew I had a hot one. Everybody was talking about the Frasier reboot. Oh boy! And I said, you know, no cameraman wants to work on the Frasier reboot. It's all crane shots. Folks! And you can hold that S. Folks! Folks. Yeah. Um, Look, that's a good joke. I know it. You know it. It's a great one. It's a great... I liked it. I gave you a push there on the old iPhone. But it needs a folks. It's not complete without the folks. Joe Biden says folks So so many times... That yeah. no matter how inspirational, how moved, how just enthralled I am, I could get sure. right up to the peak of like, oh my God, Joe. And then he'll just go, folks, 
Let me tell you about America, the heart of America. And all I think of is you. That's all I think of is Pat Walsh. That's all I want, frankly. Then my work is done. I want to be thought of. You've ruined Joe Biden for me. When you look at a at a man in his early hundreds <laughs> giving a speech, I want you to think of me. I'm crying. Oh, God, leave me alone. Now, Patrick, why oysters? This is another because... I send you a lot of different things on a list. You know, when I get a guest in here, I send a lot of foods, uh, you know, all different things I haven't eaten. Oysters is really like it's a it's a big, you know, it's a big food. It's a big time choice. Look, folks, that's why I went with this. I I said to myself, if I was going to listen. So when I first listened to your podcast as a little research, thank you. I did my friends. I did uh, Matt Ingebretson. I did Lizzie Cooperman. The best. The best, but I thought to myself, if I was just approaching this cold and I didn't know these people, I would go for the the craziest food for a person to be trying for the first time. Yeah. So when I'm seeing, I mean, the, some of the choices here were like peanut butter and jelly. And then, well, we did figs, you know, bean and cheese burrito. Never had it. I mean, these are great foods. What I what the appeal is to me about an oyster is it's something that you will just have never experienced anything like it before it truly is its own thing yeah you know even the people that love oysters i don't know that they really love them they kind of love the experience yeah you do it like a shot you know it's not something you want to savor per se and, and we can talk about that but i'm worried well i have so many i mean i just have so many thoughts but where'd you get them first off okay so let me tell you because this is you really did long cool. john silvers correct no no <laughs> you told me two great places in la yes and neither of them will give you an oyster to bring home because you know, I, really? I, no, they don't. They don't pack them or anything. So I, okay. but I found this great place in downtown Los Angeles called the Rappahannock Oyster Company. You All ever right. hear of this Never. place? No. They're in Virginia. They're in D.C. They're in uh, downtown L.A. Okay. They're all over. Rappahannock. Okay. And like Chappaquiddick. Like Chappaquiddick, but different. Except a woman didn't die. No, not yet. Rappahannock. <laughs> so I called them up and I said, like, can I get, you know, I'm doing a podcast. I never had oysters. A woman, Leah, the general manager of Rappahannock. Leah, thank you so much. She said, just come on down uh, on Wednesday, whenever you're going to tape. And you can get three oysters. They're three bucks a piece. We'll put them in the ice and we'll give you some sauces and the lemons. So I went Beautiful. down there today. It's on row in downtown LA. What does that stand for? Restaurants on the water? I've never heard that expression, Row. Uh, there's a street called Row? It's an R-O-W. It's called R-O-W-L-A. I thought maybe it's not on the water. There's no water here. It's no. in downtown L.A. Unless it's on the horrific <laughs> L.A. River, which is not it even really. It might be the L.A. River. Not even a thing. I'm going to tell you right now, if you got these oysters out of the L.A. River, <laughs> don't eat them. We're in big fucking trouble. <laughs> But Leah, so she's there when I pick up my oysters. I'm talking to this other nice gal who, you know, was a server there. And I said, oh, I just want three oysters. And then Leah comes over. You're from the podcast? I spoke to you last week. I said, oh, yeah, Leah. She goes, oh, yeah, get them one of each. So I said, great. So we're chatting. Oh, you never had oysters? She gave me the proper oyster fork to take home with me. This is a real piece of silverware. Mm -hmm. And a spoon. And then three different oysters, and then she said, don't worry about it. It's on the house. You don't have to pay for it. I hope you tipped her. Didn't do anything. I should have tipped her. Jesus. 
I think it was a, a pretty clear tip opportunity. Patrick, I was so happy to get the oysters and they were in ice. I was so nervous going down there. I thought, what the fuck is row? Where am I going to park? And then it was all so easy. And right. I was like, oh my God, they're free. Thank you. I said, I would give you a hug if it wasn't COVID. And then I took a fork and a spoon and her oysters and off I went. I didn't even give her $5. What should I should have tipped in that situation? $10? 20 Uh yeah, I mean, they're, they're giving them to you for free to get the tip, probably. But they also want you to mention mention them on the podcast, what you're doing. You're giving them advertising. Rappahannock. And by the way, it's beautiful. They have beautiful outdoor setup. The restaurant inside is gorgeous. We got to go. We're going to go, Pat, me and you. Okay. And Heather. I would love to go. I think we should get into the oysters, don't you? I couldn't agree more. Um, now, you know... Going in, that oysters are considered an aphrodisiac, correct? All right. Am I going to want to drive over to Silver Lake after this? And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I looked it up. I wanted to come prepared. Okay. They are made up of a lot of zinc, oh, which puts the lead in the, in the pencil for oh, both men and women. Whoa. Or the, the lady lead. I'm not sure how it works for ladies, but I, it's, I believe it's called lady lead. The lady lead? I've never, that's no, it's no, you believe wrong. You believe it's called lady lead? Jimmy, I. People, we're going to try these oysters. I've never been so excited to finally try a food. All right. I'm very nervous. Now we're going to open up these oysters. Apparently there's different kinds of oysters, Patrick. Did you know that? Some of them are sweeter. Some of them are saltier. There's different kinds. I mean, oysters are generally expensive, so I usually just go for the larger oyster, but um, generally there's a size difference, there's a brininess difference, but since you do them kind of like a shot, to me it doesn't matter. Because these were $3 a piece. Right. I mean, some eat them plain, but you can also put on the cocktail sauce, you can put on the uh, horseradish, but that's intense. Be careful with the horseradish. I don't think I have horseradish. I don't think I've ever had horseradish. The kinds of sauces that I have are cocktail sauce it says a chody a chody cocktail sauce i don't know what that is um and then i have a kimchi minuet sauce (laughs) i don't know okay i like kimchi all right and then i have a maple black pepper minuet minionette like filet mignonette mignonette do you know what that is (laughs) I don't, but I've never gotten oysters without the horseradish. So be careful that you don't have a sneaky one that's going to blow your nose out. Now, what I'm afraid of, okay, that's scary. But what I'm also afraid of is choking on this oyster because I'm reading. First of all, the first thing I think about oysters is Sarah Paulson feeding an oyster to Cynthia Nixon on the hit Netflix show Ratchet. <laughs> okay, was that was that provocative? Was it done as a as a as a uh Simulator? Yes. Um, Sarah Paulson's okay. character's in the closet. Cynthia Nixon's going after her. And then, oh, maybe Cynthia fed the, or Sarah the oyster. I don't remember the exact order of what happened, but it was supposed to be provocative. It just scared me because I thought, what if this person chokes? Because you're not supposed to chew the oyster, right? Uh, you can. There's no rule that you can't, but generally it just goes down the hatch. Yes. All right. I'm going to take the oyster. Are you putting a sauce on it? I'm going to put a sauce. I'm going to start with cocktail sauce because I know I enjoy cocktail sauce. These have already been opened. Oh, see, the shell comes off. Now they say, oh, what is that? It just looks like a membrane or something. What is that supposed to be? That's not what I eat, is it? There, There's a snail-like quality to it. 
but it's just a it's a piece <laughs> of the sea, you know. I and there's it's a lot. I thought they were going to be really small. Look how much that is. I'm not going to be able to swallow. That's that way whole. bigger than your average oyster. Oh, God. way bigger than your average oyster. So I'm going to chew this a little bit. I would say that is. That's four times the size of your average oyster. Wow. Rappahannock. I mean, they did a good job, but look at that. They hooked you up. They hooked me up. Thank you, Leah. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, Do you do lemon too? Lemon is good on it. Yeah. You do a little lemon, do a little cocktail sauce, and your best move is just straight down the hatch. But part of me wants to see um, just a horrified reaction as well. So you might want to just hold it in your mouth and see what happens. (sighs) All right. I'm going to do a little lemon. I'm going to do a lot of I'm going to do a lot of lemon frankly. Okay. All right, there's some lemon and cocktail sauce okay. which I enjoy. I like a shrimp cocktail, you know? You like a shrimp cocktail, Patrick? This is not drastically different. Really? I love it. Um the cholesterol is too high. It's it's the french fry of the sea. A lot of people don't know that. Is that true? But um I, I like a, I like a I like a shrimp. They're very high in cholesterol, yum. Now, you made that up, the French fry of the sea. Nobody ever said not, that. Not not oysters. No, but shrimp are the French fries <laughs> of the sea. I'll take, I'll take credit. Yeah, you made that up. See, he's a writer, this guy. Very talented. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard that before. All right, here I go. I read it in a medical journal. Oysters, first time. I have oyster schmutz all over my hands and no napkin. And there's a little schmutz even on my laptop. Are you going to take half that or, or all? I don't know what to do. You have to tell me because I've never done this before. Generally, you would do the whole works, but I have not seen an oyster of that size. Oh my God, I'm eating the big world's biggest oyster. All right, I'm going to... Now, what do you mean take half of it? Is it going to break up as I slurp it? Or am I going to have to chew, like bite a half off of it? Because it looks like a solid-ish membrane. Do the whole shebang. D- just do it, Jimmy. And then just swallow or chew? I would I would just swallow. <gasps> mm, I don't want to choke. All right, here I go. First time oysters, Rappahannock Oyster Company. I just want to say, you know, when you when somebody gives you something for free, if you don't like it, I don't want it to reflect badly on the place that gave me these free oysters. It's not the Rappahannock place. You could Patrick is an oyster connoisseur. You can tell this is a beautiful oyster. It's gorgeous. I, I actually have tears in my eyes, even on the Zoom. All right. Looking fine. at this oyster. All right. Here I go. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> a true baby reaction. <laughs> God. What is that supposed wow. to be? I'm seeing faces here of just sheer horror. I Oh, my God. This is particularly good for me because our audio is bad and freezing up, so I'm just seeing flashes of Jimmy's face in in extreme agony. so sorry. That is a rough... Well, it's a rough flavor. It was... Ooh. It doesn't... There's nothing to walk through. It doesn't taste like anything else I've ever tasted before. I'm having some Diet Coke. I always have a little emergency Diet Coke nearby, and unfortunately, I need it. You know, there's just a general seafood taste to it, yes? Mm. Or did you have some sort of special twist on it? No, I tasted a lot of salt, but I also it's the texture of this, like, it's like eating an Achilles tendon or something. It's like eating a tendon. Yeah, like a muscle. Yeah, it's not. Things from the sea, Patrick. Things from the sea are not for me. 
I'm not a from the sea kind of guy. You like a you don't like a fish. You don't like you like a shrimp. You said shrimp cocktail. I could even eat the shrimp cocktail. You know, not fried, regular. Yeah, raw. I guess delicious. Yeah, I could eat that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, crab cake if they're available and there's nothing else i will have a crab cake lobster i've had it was fine it felt like more of a conduit for butter really sure and i think that's why people like it so much they lie to themselves they're really they're really tasting the butter that they never allow themselves in life butter um but that is now i have one other oyster i'm gonna try it Maybe I'll try okay. it with other... I mean, it's incredible that I'm... First of all, you know, I'm an independent podcast. I'm not even sponsored. You'd think I was getting paid to do this with the... <laughs> you were paid in free oysters. You were paid uh, in free oysters. The way that I'm trying these oysters... And again, Rappahannock, I'm sure it's delicious. I'm sure people... These are huge oysters. Look at this. Look how big. It's. I mean, they're incredible. Is that heavy? It looks yes. like a, a stone. It's yeah. It's a big stone. They They hooked you up, but generally... When I go get oysters in the neighborhood, or when I used to, when the world was existing still, they're they're smaller and they're and they're more manageable. But still, when you when you put it in your mouth, there's a there's a mucusy quality to it that can't really be denied. You got to get used to that. They do a fried oyster, which you might like more. Yes, I think I probably, a fried oyster is not unlike a, a crab cake. I'm gonna put some wasabi on this one. And try that. Maybe there's more of a maple. Okay. Something said maple. You've had wasabi though, right? I don't know. Did I? I don't this isn't your first wasabi? Probably. I don't know what that is, wasabi. Then then don't have it. It's it's uh that's way beyond oysters in terms of difficulty for your podcast. That should be its own episode. Are you kidding? Wasabi will wasabi will explode your nose. Don't don't eat it if you've never had it. Okay, I'm not gonna eat that wasabi. I have. A I mean, third? I'm sorry. I, I I don't get to witness it, but if a baby ate wasabi, they would be they would be screaming. <gasps> you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna eat the rest of the first oyster that I tried because I did break it in half with okay. my teeth, and I'm okay. just gonna try to not explode into a fury like I did the last time. I'm just gonna try to get this down, but it is oh. Yeah, it's an it's it's not something that on your first taste you're going to be like I love this, but I'm glad that you're opening up your mind a bit to them. So if they're offered again, maybe you like them a little more. And that's what that's what a baby mouth is. You got to teach it to grow up. I feel guilt not enjoying these because they were free, folks. I I don't want to uh, embarrass Jimmy too much, folks. But after he ate the the oyster part, he did eat the entire shell. <laughs> um, that's how new he is to this. You know, this food. He he just crunched his way through the shell like the Tasmanian devil. Colon cancer runs in my family, and I thought it would be a good way to scrape. <laughs> you know, you get a nice scrape. You know, they say to if if they if Pittsburgh lettuce counts as roughage, I mean, uh, swallowing an oyster shell must really get out the uh, the, in, the toxins. Get as they those say. polyps out of my yeah. colon. Who needs a colonoscopy when you can chew shells? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to slurp down the second half of the world's largest oyster. Okay. That's going to be okay. I'm not going to freak out this time. This will be better. You know what's coming. I would only do this for you, Patrick. Go for it. Thank you, Jim. Boom. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ah! Oh. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never seen an adult react this strongly oh. to, to a food item in my life. You You hate it. It tastes like licking the bottom of an aquarium to me. Like if I were to stick my head in where fish were living for years and years, and then I was like, I want to taste 
that aquarium castle. I'm going to break off a piece of the castle. That's what it would taste <laughs> like to me. It's just, yeah. it is the raw ocean. But look, I say this a lot. I tried it. I tried it. I have a little headache from it, but I tried it. I will say, I, I looked up just now on Google, the Rockahana Oyster Company, and I it doesn't exist, Jimmy. That, <laughs> that worries me. I feel like maybe just some woman on the street handed you three oysters. <laughs> some woman in downtown LA, which, you know, I know you saw the Hotel Empire yeah. documentary because you had one of the funniest tweets about it that I just, on Valentine's Day. Oh, the hotel, the Cecil Hotel, right? Oh, the Cecil Hotel, not the Hotel Empire. Cecil Hotel, Cecil? you're right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to say the joke. Um, yes, that I was taking my... my <laughs> Uh, I, it was something like, I, I'm taking my Valentine to this Cecil Hotel everyone keeps buzzing about or something like that. But yes, It was very I funny. I didn't want to come on here and read my tweets, Jimmy. I know, but that Thank was a funny you. one. I enjoy them. I yell, I scream, I laugh. I appreciate it. Now, Patrick, I do a segment on this podcast called Acquired Taste. And it's because weeks and weeks ago, I ate an olive for the first time and I didn't enjoy them. And so many people said to me, olives are an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. You just got to have an acquired taste. I said, okay, so now every week I eat an olive. Okay. Black or green? They're green. They're the Casa Vetrano olives from our local Whole Foods 360 or 365. Oh, that looks like a del- delicious olive. Yeah. I don't enjoy them. You ever have a martini? Yeah, I like martinis, but never with an olive. Oh, no. Never with an olive. Okay. No. All right. I love it. I, I buy a jar of olives and I pour the juice right in the vodka. I know. Olive juice and like three olives and you got a delicious five second martini. That's what people say. Just You can do just the juice, but I can't imagine that. Yeah, but for sure. Every week they've been getting better, Pat. They've been getting better and better every week. Okay. So I do think I might I be acquiring a taste. And as I eat more disgusting things, they actually get better. Yeah. So as after this oyster experience, which was on par with sor- sardines, I have to say, and beets. Oh, uh, beets are rough, man. Beets are, beets are really rough. Yeah. The beets. There's a rough. sandiness to a beet. How are they even prepared? Like if you don't cook them right, it's a raw beet is about as bad as it gets. I just burped up the oysters, by the way. And it's just even the burp is not. Sometimes a burp is enjoyable. You know what I mean? If you have like McDonald's and then you have a burp and you're like, oh, that's an enjoyable that's not it's not even sure. good as a burp the oyster so you so you're not even a little aroused no i want to take a nap and forget this ever happened I don't, i'm not aroused okay i will say i'm aroused and i didn't i didn't have any patrick. i just want to share that with you oh patrick um i thought you were going to bring me oysters Everybody i thought that was part podcast? of this what do you think i have no job i mean i have nothing i'm not gonna <laughs> i had to go thank god these were free uh all right one olive just one, Patrick. Usually just one bite. They have pits in them, you know. I'm going to try the olive. Quired taste. Olives. I think I'm going to like them a little yes. better. I liked them last time. Here I go. Let's see. I mean, they're not. They're they're fine. They're not great. <laughs> I wonder how much longer I'm going to do this segment because like, I feel like I have hit a bit of a, a wall. I feel like I've hit a bit of an apex where it's like, okay, they're not like... They first were, yeah. which the reaction was uh, maybe a step below oysters, where I was like, oh my God, these are disgusting. They're vegetable y, they're salty, whatever. Yeah. 
now they're kind of just like, uh, it's like a, almost like a nothing burger. You know, it's like a, well, it's fine, but I don't love them. Do you, so you enjoy olives of all different shapes and sizes? Uh, I've never met an olive I didn't enjoy. Uh, you know what you might like, Jimmy, is uh, is an olive with a blue cheese inside, or uh, I don't if you like blue cheese. But there's there's all kinds of stuffed olives that might right. be a good ease into for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the blue cheese kind of overpowers the olive. Next thing you know, you're like, oh, I'm on board. But you also don't have to like everything. You know, taste is what makes makes you uh, makes you special. Yeah, that's what I keep telling myself. You know, I don't have to like all these foods. It's just to try them. See if maybe you enjoy them. If you don't, yeah. it's fine. Now, are, would you consider yourself a baby mouth? Because I said to Bridger, I said, I bet Patrick is a picky eater. And he said to me, I don't think he is. Not at all. But I, when I moved from Missouri to New York, I certainly was. And I hadn't, at that point, I hadn't had sushi. I hadn't had Thai food. I hadn't had anything, really. But, um... I moved to New York 21, 22, and from then on, I, I'll eat anything. You know, really? the only stuff I really hate is onions. I can't stand onions. So funny. Last week, my guest, too, said no onions on his plate. No, If they're even like near a burger, if it comes with an onion, he doesn't even want it on the plate. Part- I particularly hate raw, but like I, I, I really don't like it when it'll just show up with a bunch of onions and it wasn't mentioned on the menu. Like they just assume that's something everyone likes. But to me, it's a meal ruiner and I'm too nice to send it back and I just pick the onions and eat it and everything that has been touched by an onion tastes like onions and i hate that too and then your hands smell like onions and i also hate that that's literally what my guest was saying not a fan yeah i love an onion i love it with the in and out burger yeah. i get mustard ketchup onion only that would the the onions on a burger i, I can't do it it ruins everything wow. for me and so when you move to new york from missouri and now you're yeah. in the food capital of the world, one of the greatest food cities in the world, right? Sure. But you were never afraid to try any different kinds of food? You weren't like, ooh, Indian, I've never had that, I'm not going to try it? Because that's my thing. I'm actually a fear. You know, there's a fear there of like, ugh. Well, and movies, you know, like Along Came Polly, that uh, Ben Stiller, Aniston movie, like they both eat one Indian meal and then he has diarrhea for like 45 minutes of the movie. Right. And, you know, and he's he's ruined his hot date and everything and i think movies scare people off from trying anything new too for me i thought i'm in new york in la the the food capitals of of the country probably i guess that could be argued why wouldn't i try everything it has to offer and more times than not you can find something you love anywhere is there something in particular that you love so much that's a newer kind of taste for you a newer cuisine a newer food that you wouldn't necessarily have had in missouri like indian or yeah, I mean, I love Indian food, but and uh, I always just try to add in, you know, with my boring uh, the the basics, you know, the the red sauce and the chicken. I don't even know what it's called. I should. Yeah, what is it called? Oh, I, all I had was chicken jalfrezi. That's all I've ever had. I have no, no idea. I don't know. You're asking me. I'm thinking like chicken vindaloo. I lost the word for a minute. Mm. I get that. I get a spinach dish sometimes, but lately I always throw in something I've never had, and it's always good. The only times I've been sort of uh, bothered or disturbed by what I got were like at Jitlada Thai here in Los Angeles, which is known for being authentically Thai spicy, which a lot of Americans cannot handle, and I also can't handle it. So that's it. It's only spiciness that uh, that can kind of push me away. I love everything else I've had. 
Except my favorite restaurant, Red Corner Asia, is no longer here in Los Angeles. They took it down. That had my favorite dish, a masaman chicken. Oh, was that because of COVID? No, it was before. It was replaced by one of those places where they bring you like a giant trash bag full of crab parts. Oh. You know, those are popular in Koreatown and around here. Like they, they put a bunch of these and crab on a on a plate and everybody kind of shares. Those those places are probably going to go away post COVID, but yeah, it's gone. Red Corner Asia was my favorite Thai restaurant. And now I need a new one. But the one you did on uh, on the Matt episode with Pad Thai, I, we order from that place all the time, Echo Park Sticky Rice. Sticky Rice. It's so good. And that Pad Thai, I've had it like five times since the since the podcast. Now, when are you going to go to a curry? Add in a delicious, a green curry, a yellow curry, a mild curry. I feel, now, did I have a curry with chicken gel frizzy or no? I don't think so. That was, was that in a curry, the chicken? Not really. No, I don't know. I'm gonna have to do. I should put uh, a sauce. I don't know what Jalfrezi is. I don't either, but it was very good. It had okay. cauliflower in it, and it was like a yellowish curry. Yeah. I think what I don't enjoy, Patrick, is paprika. I don't enjoy paprika. Fair. It's fun to say, but I never had. I, I don't yeah. enjoy eating it. I like saying it, but I feel like Indian food has a lot of paprika in it. Paprika is not a spice that I have strong opinions on one way or really? the other. Really? It doesn't affect you strongly? No. Um, I, I'm good with all spices uh, and all spice, which is a, a delicious spice of its own. I've heard that. Yeah, I think I've had all spice. Maybe on a steak you put that on? I think of all spice as being a uh, almost like a, a, bl- a black currant. Oh, boy. But I might be wrong. I, I because I also don't know what black karate is. Well, all spice is like a rub, isn't it? Kind of like a, don't you rub it into a steak and let it okay. go on the grill? No, I don't know. I really don't know. You may be right. I, I may be crazy. Oh, boy. There you go, Billy Joel. You know, by the way, growing up, there were two albums in our house. Billy Joel and Air Supply. That was wow. it. That was it. I was thinking back to, I, I had a cool aunt, my mom's sister, who gave me um, Talking Heads, Police. Oh, wow. Uh, so I had very cool taste early on, but I used to roller skate around my basement to the Talking Heads, which oh I'm sure God. gave my parents some questions as well, yeah. with like short shorts skating around uh, early <laughs> Talking Heads albums. Before that, I was listening to like Perfectly Frank, which is Tony Bennett's Frank Sinatra yes, cover album. Wow. Like as a seven year old boy listening to Tony Bennett. You were 50 <laughs> at seven. Right. But then, you know, uh, in high school to the present, I feel like I have very cool, uh, you know, very open minded experimental tastes in music. I'll listen to anything. But I had really old taste when I was a little boy. It looks like behind you, there's an extensive, is it CDs? What is all? This is Blu-rays. This is all movies. Um, And a lot of criteria. When I was a kid, again, some some issues, but I I wanted to, uh, I said, when I grow up, if I have the money, I want to own the Criterion Collection. (gasps) And I do. I own all the Blu-rays of Criterion Collection. And it's not that expensive because they come out with three a month and I get them on the Twenty dollar piece sale. Oh wow! It's a sixty buck a month habit, and I have the entire Criterion collection, and I look very smart, even though I haven't seen many of the films. You haven't watched them; you just just have them for display purposes only. For dis- so here's the thing: I love cracking open a Criterion, reading the booklet, taking the little classes inside, yeah. whatever. I love it, but very often they go out of print, and you can make a fortune on them. So you've done this as a future investment, maybe, if you fall on hard times? 
for me, it's both a collection and an investment, and I'll I'll sell them if if one goes like once in a while, one of them will go up to like five hundred bucks. I'll just sell it. Whoa, yeah, five hundred bucks from twenty to five hundred. I mean, that's a profit of four hundred eighty dollars. It's thank you, Patrick. That is that <laughs> is true. You know, I play the stock market a little bit. Not that I I don't I do okay. not have I am not a person who should be playing the stock market. As far as finance. What's your poison? Well, let me tell you, you'll be very interested to hear this. So when the COVID hit and I yeah. was still in Les Mis and I was making great money, a lot of money, not a lot, okay. but a lot to me. Yeah. And I, I, my buddy who was in the show with me said, you should you know, really put some money in the stock market because it went, it just crashed. Everything's low. You're getting it as a sale. Right. So I bought a um, couple thousand dollars of one stock that's called like QQQ. That's all the stocks, all the Dow or all the S&P or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's something. Yeah. Okay. And that's made a lot of money. That's been really good. But the one stock, Patrick, yeah. I only bought $100 of this stock. It has gone up 400%, Patrick. You know what it is? Viacom CBS. Really? 400 I bought it at... Twelve dollars. It's ninety dollars right now. So if you had bought a thousand bucks, if I had bought a hundred thousand dollars, we oh. wouldn't have to do this podcast. Yeah, because well, I could have people that would be a shame. just come and cook me new foods, and I wouldn't have to talk about it to people <laughs> and try to find someone to produce the podcast. I could just eat at my leisure. <laughs> I mean, four hundred percent in a year. So Bad I've thing. made four hundred dollars or three hundred or whatever it is, four hundred dollars. Right. But I could have made if I took ten thousand, I would have I, I have a whole nother house. I would obsess about that for the rest of my life. And you mm. wouldn't have even known about the opportunity like no. Well, I learned something that don't ever invest a hundred dollars because you're not it's like blackjack, right? You gotta yeah, bet right. what you want to win. If you're right, gonna yeah. play the five dollar table, you're not gonna walk away with fifty thousand dollars at the end of the day. You're <laughs> gonna right. walk away with fifteen dollars and go, hey, I played for two hours, I made fifteen dollars, I had a great time. Let, let, let's go buy a Toblerone. Yeah, go buy a Toblerone. By the way, I yeah. love the white Toblerone. Do you like white chocolate? I love white chocolate, was unaware that they made one, but I'll I'll give it a shot. Oh, I, I'm, yeah, I remember the white chocolate Toblerone. Delish. By the by, Allspice, I was right. Oh, it's a black currant spice rub? It's supposed to taste like a combo of clove, cinnamon, and nutmeg. So it's more of that kind of a, oh, yes. a sweet spice. I've had it before, but I thought it was like a rub that you rubbed on and then you grill something. That that's that's something too. I think it's just called like a rub, you know. Interesting. But I enjoy old spice deodorant as well. Spice is obviously a word in our culture that we enjoy. It invokes yeah. something in the culture, in the consumer that makes you want to buy it. I agree. Spicy. Like if you hear somebody spicy, you're like, "Well, wouldn't mind meeting her." Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm going to bring my friend uh, Andrea to dinner. You know, she's a little spicy, Pat. And you go, yeah. "Oh, well, hey, well, whoa, hey, folks." <laughs> Maybe I'll take an extra button down on the shirt. There show you off a little go. chest. Wait, hair, hey, you know? now. Uh, <laughs> spice, uh, old spice. My dad did old spice. He did a, a few Walgreens uh, colognes that he would rotate. Oh, old spice was big. And it, okay. by the way, you could see the puddle in his hand. He would hold <laughs> as, as if a, a prospector getting water from a mountain stream. <laughs> he, would, he would have. 
a mitt full of it and go splash, splash oh on each cheek. My. And you'd see it splash. Jesus. And then get in a car with him. But it he was knew he it was, was coming. You definitely did. <laughs> it was it was either Old Spice or it was Hovan Musk. Wow, exotic. J-O-V-A-N and it had an umlaut. Yes. Not an umlaut, it had a dash. The umlaut oh, is two okay. dots, right? Yeah, right. So you're familiar with Jovan Musk. Then. Well, I know Umlaut. I know from Umlaut. I don't think I know Jovan Musk. They had like the, the tilde. Tilde. Yeah. There you go. See? And then if he if he had a really good year, then he would wear Elon Musk. That's not real. Elon no, I, Musk? That was a joke. That was a joke. Because Elon Musk is very rich. Ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Walsh right here, folks. <laughs> I did see you do stand-up with Nick Kroll. Was Mulaney in that stand-up at UCB? He was. You know, um, that show started out, it was my friends Jamie and Dan and a yes. few other great comics on the bill. And uh, then they added Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. And I'm like, am I on the hottest stand-up show in town tonight? But you know who I do have a crush on is John Mulaney. He's perhaps our best uh, our best new stand-up. You know, he's, there's the old guard legends, of course. But in terms of new people coming up, we don't get many funny writers and I'm not the guy I love cussing. You know, I love yeah. Eddie Murphy for God's sake. Yeah. I love all the, the old greats, but like there is, some, I'm not a guy who says you got to be a clean comic to be a true comic like Gaffigan or something, but right. Mulaney finds a way to get like edgy size laughs, like the kind of laughs you get only from hearing something kind of shocking from the most clean generic stuff. And that is a, no one doesn't like Mulaney. Unless they're jealous, you know. He, I'd like to meet is. him and say hello. He enjoys yeah. Broadway musicals. He did some company recording, uh, cast okay. recording revamp from the original company cast recording, Broadway cast recording, and he made. He's just. I, I just. I think we'd be good friends. I th I know you would. I think you should pass his email. I'm sure you have it on the list somewhere. If you looked, I do have it because I was briefly in contention to work on his short-lived uh, sitcom. Oh my god, an email from a stranger. Oh, this guy's done some TV. He's done some Broadway. He can't be. He's friends with Patrick Walsh. He can't be that Absolutely. bad. And then we just a friendship. I have a partner. I'm very happy in my relationship. I'm not looking outside of my relationship, but a friend to come over, have a nice tea, yeah. talk about comedy and things. I, just, I love it. I enjoy. Do you have anybody like that in your? You're a happily married man. I love. I love your wife. I'm telling you, she, as you know, she's just a spectacular, spectacular person. Anytime Bridger says Pat is coming over, I say is Heather coming too, because <laughs> I just she's the best. But do you have a kind of celebrity or a com a female celebrity that you're like? You know, I just enjoy. I just enjoy them. I do. I mean, I think Heather is the best, but, but particularly for me, because I run negative. I run dark. And she does, she really does, uh, help me out. And I don't, I don't even, I'm going to tell her today because I don't tell her as, as much as I should. In terms of who I would like to have be in a committed thruple with my wife there and you I, go. who would that person be? There's got to be one. My dad used to say to my mom, that he would leave her for Andy McDowell in a heartbeat. He said wow. it all the time. Oh, okay. I mean, all the time is a little... I, I mean, what what softened the blow is that Andy McDowell wouldn't have spoken to my dad <laughs> in a million years. He's, he's an animal. But I, th I think if I could have a lady in my life, non-sexual, non yeah. it might be a Holly Hunter. <gasps> really? 
Well, when I first saw Raising Arizona, which was the movie that made me want to be in the entertainment industry, I was like, I, I rewound it and watched it again immediately. There was a big crush on her at that time. You know, now she's married, I'm married, we've yeah. never met. Didn't it's work. probably not going to happen. But uh, I think she would be great to talk to, and I love listening to her voice. Now, she was completely silent in the piano movie, The Piano, right? Yes. She didn't speak one word in that movie. Did you see that movie? I saw it as a kid. Didn't understand a moment of it, and yeah. I watched it again recently. Um, her and Keitel, just both completely naked throughout. He's completely naked in a way that doesn't serve him. Let me just say <laughs> that much, and we don't have to go any further. Bad lieutenant, same thing. I mean, he's just a guy who's like, this is it. And it's not. Take it or leave it. Uh, yeah, and I mean, as a gay man, you know, who is surveying the, the land when that kind of thing happens... <laughs> it's not it's not a um it's not he doesn't have a fast bender he doesn't no, have a no McGregor. no and it's not something you'd think he'd be eager to continue to reveal to the world you know what i'm saying perhaps he is a grower and not a shower perhaps it's a, it's a thing certainly absolutely but is he telling people that on set is he doing a press and saying you know i'm i'm nude but i want you to know this happens when this happens my thinking with the Kaitel is that he <laughs> was able to hook up with whoever he wanted for 50 years. 100%. And by the time the piano came along, he was like, I don't care if you don't like my dick. A hundred percent. I'm Harvey fucking Kaitel. Yeah. I was in Pulp Fiction. I don't care. Yeah. But uh, my first date in New York City, uh, it was I didn't have a cell phone yet. Oh. It was like 2003. Some some did. I didn't have the money for yeah, it. I, I didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> but uh i lived in jersey city heights oh boy and if these were the heights folks i'd hate to see the lows <laughs> just want to tell you there's really no such thing as jersey city heights you know what i mean like that's a made-up name it was rough it yeah. was a rough yeah and i took the 99s bus into the port authority so when i had a date i would have to say to the young lady can you meet me at such and such a street at exactly this time and if not we're not gonna date you know i'm just not gonna see you so i went to this place and I saw her and what I did is I ran around New York all morning trying to get $20 tickets to a Broadway show because oh, I really liked the girl. So I was like, I'm going to get her like good seats to a Broadway show. And and they all had deals where with your student ID, you could get cheap tickets or something. That's nice. So fi finally, I get to get two tickets to uh, take me out. Oh my God. You've seen all the naked shows. The Pulitzer Prize winning play, Take Me Out. And yes. I'm like... So what's this about? And they're like, oh, it's about a baseball player who comes out and uh, his team, his team's not cool with it, and so on and so forth. And I was like, all right, great, fine, a hot Pulitzer Prize winning play, let's do it. So I bring this girl in who I've met one time at a bar, and now we're like going to spend the day together. We get in the front front row seats because that's what the twenty dollars <laughs> seats are. This metal pole horizontal across the stage starts drizzling water out of it, and I realize that this is a shower. And out on stage comes. 15 completely naked men. Uh, Daniel Sunjata of the yes. show Rescue Me was oh, kind yes. of the lead one. So, you know, really athletic, good-looking dudes. They all come out and stand directly above our faces. Like, we're looking up into the taints of these men. And their <laughs> dicks are just hanging, like, all, almost off the stage. And oh. this girl looks at me, and she's like, I need to go. <gasps> and I said, 
oh, okay. I said, I don't think this is the whole show. And she's like, I, I'm, I need to go. It reminded me of in Taxi Driver when De Niro takes Sybil Shepard to a porno. Yep. Because he, he just doesn't know how to be in human, you know, society. But I was like, I, I didn't know this. I didn't know this was a dirty show or something. So we didn't finish the show. We we left. And do, did you see her again? Did you explain and say I had no idea? That was it. Um, she was she was nice enough afterwards. I'm like, look, I not only did I not know, but I didn't know you would have a problem with nudity. I, I said, I, I'm sorry, but it wasn't an intentional thing to show you a bunch of naked men and make you uncomfortable, which she got. She oh did understand. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it was honestly a good thing. I mean, I, I don't want to be with somebody who can't chuckle the, the fact that there's 12 dicks yeah, hanging Yeah, somebody face. can't look at a wet dick you know, three feet from their nose. You don't want to be with that person. No, that's not somebody I could make a life with. No, I took a date to go see Lestat. Oh, terrible. Did they ever talk to you again? Easily one of the worst. Horrible. And we left it at midpoint and got drinks and that was fine. I yeah. believe we we made out with each other. What was the other one? Ring of Fire, the Horrible. Johnny Cash Who's jukebox musical. These shows for you? I would go to see whatever one would let me in for $20. Yeah, well, that's why the bad, the bad ones were like, $20? We'll take it. Come on in because no one else was going. Yeah. Do you have any um, want to write a musical or a play? You know, I would I would love to. I, I um, I've written musical scenes in several of the shows I've worked on. I didn't know you at the time, or I would have gotten you in. But it was it was a prison musical. You know how, how prisoners will put on musicals sometimes. Patrick, I saw a documentary about it. Have you seen the producers' movie musical with Will Ferrell? I saw it in theaters and not since. I, I saw the Broderick Lane uh, show for sure. Yeah, well, you know Nathan and and Matthew did a movie musical directed by Susan Stroman. Saw it. Yes. I am in that movie. In what role? I sing. Gotta sing, sing. I'm a singing prisoner. Gotta sing, sing. I'm going to watch it again. And then I walk up to Will Ferrell and we sing a little bit at the piano. It's very small. It's toward the end. You can really skip through it, unfortunately. Was he was he kind to you? Oh, my God. Will Ferrell was yeah. the nicest. We laughed. Yeah. I, we were making each other laughs in between setups. Mel Brooks was on set the whole time. It was nice. like, what am I doing? It was just the greatest. It was the greatest. Yeah. But yes, Sounds singing like prisoner, dream. Patrick. But yeah. I would think, you know, because you've written television, it's like you're just churning it, churning it, churning it, churning it. My God, one after another. Wouldn't it be nice to have the space and time to write a play? I would love to. I think one of a. I don't know how to get into that world. I'll introduce you to the people. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, I wrote. I wrote a college musical when High School Musical was big. Yes, I. I didn't write it all, but I pitched a college musical, which was like. Just an R-rated adult version of High School Musical, and it was in development for a while for Paramount. It didn't oh wind up happening. Oh my God, Patrick! But I still think that's a good idea. You know, I think you should do that, Patrick. I'm going to give you that right. little piece of advice. I think I'm you should write, write something musical. Patrick Walsh, thank you for coming on to Baby Mouth. Jimmy Smagula, thank you. I'm sorry you didn't like oysters, but uh, mm. you know they're they're an acquired taste. At least Italy. I tried them. You did. Okay, it's time to call my mother. Oh boy, does she like oysters? I'm going to say no, but you know, you never know this woman. She's full of surprises. Here she comes into my Zoom room. Lois, the star of my show. She can't hear me. She's connected. I can hear you. I can hear you. Thank you very much for letting me know. I can hear you too. (laughs) Good. As can people all over the world. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) 
How's it going over there? Just great. What's happening on the East Coast of America these days? Anything Not good? A beautiful day today. Oh, yeah? Beautiful. Very nice, yeah. How how many days of good weather would you say you get in a year? Oh, God. How many days do you think you get good weather? Um, three quarters or more, probably at least three quarters. Three quarters is good weather? Yeah. I mean, we no get rain and way. snow and stuff, but... Rain, snow, wind, cold, heat? Well... Three quarters? I was just thinking of rain and snow. Yeah, I don't think so. 75% of your days are not wonderful days. Well, whatever. They're wonderful for me. (laughs) I don't know. I never enjoyed the weather there. It's too hot and then too cold and then snow and then rain and oh boy. But anyway, I like it. I like the change of seasons. Yeah, you wouldn't like to live in a climate where it's just... 75 and perfect every day nope (laughs) yeah it's not hot here it's just beautiful there's no humidity really i know people say it's a dry heat that's the joke but it's actually true there's like no there's no humidity here it's beautiful yeah it's really nice i know so what did you do anything today or this weekend to report no i watched the kids good watched your grandkids yeah they were pretty good good And that was it. We sat out on the front porch a while, so we got some air. Have you gone into any stores since you got your double vaccination? Why not? Well, next week, uh, Reese is off of work, so I can uh, be going to stores and stuff. Oh, good. Now, where? what do you think is like the first place you're going to go? Probably ShopRite. (laughs) Yeah, revisit ShopRite like we talked about. Good. That's good. Yeah. Well, this week... With my friend Uh Patrick Walsh, wonderful guy. He created shows. He wrote on Two Broke Girls. He he's written on a million shows. He's great. He we did oysters. Oh no, never had them. Raw oysters. Uh, What'd you think of them? Not delicious. Delicious. No. Not good. No. You never had them? You never have you ever been offered a raw oyster? Yes, I would not eat it. I don't like uh, no, thank you. Uh, no. <laughs> no, thank you. When were you offered the raw oyster? Do you remember? Oh, probably when I went out years ago. You know, when you go to these buffets and stuff, they they have all this stuff out, but I'm not trying that. They have a oyster buffet? Not just for oysters. When you when you would go out to a restaurant, they would have a, a buffet, which means all different types of food and all. Yes. And they there would be oysters, but I would I pass them right up. Oh, <laughs> I would think oysters would be something you wouldn't want to sit out. You know what I mean? Like you'd want to make yeah, sure yeah. they're kept in ice because you could get very sick from an sick. oyster. Ugh. And there was no seasoning on them at all. Well, I put a cocktail sauce on one of them. Yeah, but still. It's not, you know, and so, you know, the place that I went to get them in downtown LA, they gave them to me for free because of the podcast. The yeah, yeah. Said, oh, you're going to have them on a podcast. Just mention us. I'm so excited. Take them. They gave me three oysters. Apparently, my friend Patrick, who I did the podcast with, he saw them on Zoom and he said they were huge oysters. They're beautiful, big, beautiful oysters. Yeah. But it looks like a membrane or something inside. I know. It's like black and beige and like slimy, kind of. I know. 
And then I put the cocktail sauce on it. And then you're supposed to just slurp it down in one slurp. Uh, I just don't. Oh my God, forget it. Forget it. What happened when you did that? It was not a good reaction. It was not good, you know, but I ate it and I tried it twice. I said, let me try it. Because there's an initial shock of of like the ocean. You know what I mean? It just tastes yeah. like the the bottom of the ocean. Just salt like you just you're in a like you're jumping a wave and you opened your mouth by mistake. mouth and it went in. Yeah. And all these things go. It's, it's not good. So then I said and you put lemon on it too, lemon. Yeah. And I tried to put as much lemon on it as I could because I thought it would be helpful. So then I tried a second bite. And it's still, it's just not for me. And people like them. Listen, there's a whole, this place, the Rappahannock Oyster Company in downtown LA. They're all over. They have one in Virginia. They're all over Washington, D.C. And they have a beautiful outdoor seating area. You go down, there was a million people sitting outside when I went to pick up my oysters. Oh, no, thank you. (laughs) I would be afraid that I'd get sick. I know. Have you ever gotten sick, salmonella poisoning or food poisoning? No, no. Not that I know of, no. Never in your life? Nope. You never had food poisoning once in your life? No. How could that be? Well, could be because I never did. And don't say never because then I'll probably get it. (laughs) Whenever you say never, then you'll get it. Well, it's probably because you've cooked your own food for 5,000 years. Right. You've never. And I don't eat like raw fish or uh, like, you know what I mean? But you don't go out to eat hardly ever. Well, when I go out, I don't eat usually. I never have. Well, I do have uh, shrimp sometimes, like uh, shrimp parmesan or something. But I I never very, very. Shrimp parmesan? You don't have shrimp. That's not a thing. Shrimp parmesan certainly is. Shrimp? Fried shrimp. Yeah, with the marinara parmesan. sauce and and mozzarella. Yes, and yes, I delish. never heard of that. Oh, it's delish. Never heard of that shrimp, but you you could even you know you could get salmonella poisoning from undercooked chicken. Oh, I know. I've had that several times. No, because I don't eat chicken out. I don't eat chicken out. I, I mean, I do have like chicken parmesan, but I mean well, that's chicken. Yeah, but I don't go to like these fast foods and get chicken. No, I didn't get sick from fast food. The one place I got sick from was the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. At the Grove here in Los Angeles, I got their chicken and biscuits entree, and I threw up for 12 hours, Chicken uh, Cheesecake Factory, which I yeah. enjoy, but I've never eaten there again. With the, I never eat yeah. their food again. I enjoy their cheesecake in moderation with my diabetes, maybe half a slice and half a slice another day, but I never ate their food again. I don't blame you. Too afraid. Yeah, that food poisoning is bad. Did you have morning sickness when you were pregnant? Uh, yes. Yeah, I threw up a lot. Yeah. Because if that's amazing, you've never had food poisoning in your entire life. No, neither had daddy. I don't know who has. Oh my God, everybody I've ever known has had food poisoning at some point. Nope. It's because you cook. road. It's because yeah, you cook, cook your, your own, own food, food, so you know. And I cook everything well done. Oh, so. well, that's, yes, we were just Overdone, talking. overdone. Yeah, the Thanksgiving turkey, one bite with two glasses of water to get it down. Oh, now, now it's good, the turkey. Why do you think it was so dry? 
overcooked. Oh, well, do you have a thermometer for your meat? Yeah, we do, but I don't use it. But now we, when we make the turkey, we put it in this bag. Uh-huh. And then you cook it and it's good. If you have a thermometer, why don't you use it? I don't know. I never did. I have a thermometer for the barbecue. I have a thermometer. I don't know. Yeah, for the meat. It. It's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like for steaks. Well, steaks, daddy likes his medium and I like everything well done. So my chances of <laughs> that being cooked. You like well a steak done. well done? No pink in yep. the middle? And whenever we would go to a, a wedding and they would have prime rib, but they always ask for the end cut. I bet you could always get it. They probably never said, oh, I'm sorry we gave it away. No. I always get the end cut, but I don't like, I always like it well done, and daddy likes his medium. Wow. Even burgers, I like them. Everything dry, well done. Oh, I don't like it too. I don't like it to be raw. Have you ever had like a steak tartare, raw meat? No, no, no. I wouldn't eat it. Yeah, you can't even do pink in the middle. No. Well, we'll get a little bit. I could do pink a little bit once in a while, but I usually like it. No pink. <laughs> like a hockey puck. All dried out. Yeah, that's how your turkey was for years, may I just say. Well, it's not like that anymore. I hope not. <laughs> now, getting back to seafood, so oysters, yes. there's no kind of raw, but you'll eat raw shrimp, shrimp cocktail. No. No. Daddy, everybody oh. loves that except me. Because even don't. I like a shrimp cocktail. I know. I don't like I that. I think I really I like I don't the, like it like. Yeah, raw. I don't like it. To me, it still tastes, no, it still tastes fishy. I don't like it. I think it might be a texture issue, too, because it's cold and, yeah, you know. But, I mean, they do, they have all kinds of um, so cocktail sauce, like. Oh, yeah. But I still, I don't, I just don't like it. That's all right. You don't have to like it. You probably tried it. I did. I don't like it. You know, my whole podcast is just about trying things. Just try it. Like even oysters. I was very afraid. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to like them. I mean, 90% chance I was not going to enjoy the oysters. But I thought, let me just try it. Now I know. You know what I mean? Now I know. Right. Well, nobody here eats oysters, so I'm not trying it anytime soon. <laughs> well, is there anything on my podcast so far that you think you might try that you've never had before? Oh, boy. Pad Thai? No. No, I don't think so. A chicken gelfrezzi? Delicious. Indian food? No. No? How about beets? Oh, no. I think I tried them a long time oh, ago. Oh, well, you no. did. No, not for you. And no. is there anything you could think of that you're like, oh, you know, I would like to try that? Is there even like a dessert item that you're like, you know? Well, mostly what? desserts I eat, Jim. I mean, I don't. Have you ever had like a baked Alaska? I've never had that. I don't even know what that is. Baked Alaska. That's like a meringue. Isn't that like meringue baked I Alaska? I think it's ice think? cream, isn't it? In like a Yeah, chocolate? but it has like a, a, a not meringue. I don't know. Something on top of it like a meringue. I, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. You wouldn't like to try anything like that? Oh, something yeah. I, new? Desserts I'll try, but I'm yeah. not trying those seafoods. Forget no. it. And maybe Mexican food. Mexican food? Yeah. I don't know. You could try it. Try it. Yeah. Try it. You might like it. Exactly. How you doing with your olives? <laughs> the olives are okay, Mom. They're like, I'm. you know what's weird? I'm starting to taste more sweet from the olive. Yeah. No, I like olives. In so the past, I, I was just tasting the salt, the salt, the salt. And now I'm like, oh, these are sweet. I understand. I'm not eating them 
for a snack or anything. Yeah. But I, I but I could taste more of a sweetness with them. So I do think I am acquiring a taste. Taste, yeah. Yeah. I always liked olives. Yeah. Green olives ones, black ones, brown ones. Yeah. <laughs> they have brown olives? No. No, I just said that. Black <laughs> ones. Green <laughs> ones. <laughs> You just said it for effect. <laughs> but I mean, I olives, I'll eat. But oysters, I don't think you'd like them. No, I'm not trying them. No way. No, no. They even like clams. Ugh. Oh, I never. Clams. I had fried clams was, were good. Nah. I had that with Kevin Chamberlain. Fried clams are like calamari. I know, but just knowing they're clams, I don't want to eat them. Yeah, but who cares? Don't you think you ever think of a cow when you eat a steak or a hamburger? No. Or a chicken running around? No. Well, there you go. It's the same thing. Whatever. I thought about being a vegetarian or a vegan because I love eating my dog so much and I can't imagine killing an animal to eat. Oh, I know. There's a lot of people like that. Makes me feel so sad because I see cows and chickens, don't they have emotions and feelings just like my dog do? Does? Yeah. 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 They're, they have little, they're sweet cows and things, I think. Right. Yes. Yeah. How is, by the way, how is Miss Edie? Miss Edie is wonderful. My rescue dog, 85 pounds, American bulldog. We thought she was a mix when we got her. It said American bulldog mix. And then we did the DNA test, which I stuck a swab in her mouth for 10 minutes. She wanted, she was so annoyed and it came back pure breed American Bulldog. Good. Yeah, no, she's wonderful. She's great. She has a great life. You know, we're home all day with the pandemic still going on. And I'm sure that dogs all over the world are so happy that their owners are just home with them. Don't right, you think? yeah. Yes. They must Definitely. be thrilled. Because they have company and they're yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, they must be so happy. So no, she's good. You should get a dog. Get some kind of a pet. What kind of a pet would you like? No, thank you. I have enough work here and stuff. I don't need a pet. No pet? Even a parakeet? No, we always have parakeets, remember? Yes. Two of them, Sophie and Lori. Oh, I don't remember those. Sophie and Lori? What the hell is that? They were the the parakeets that Grandpa had, and then... When he died, I took him. Then we had Maxwell. Remember Max? His leg fell off. That was Petey. Petey, the leg fell off. I think so. Oh. And then he died. Then we had the. Then we had the fish. Remember the fish tank? Oh yeah. Fish don't last very long. No, they're a lot. Everything's a lot of work, no matter what you have. The dog is not that much work, I'll tell you. She's not. You just got to walk her, which is well, beautiful. Well, you got to walk her. But taking a walk is nice, peaceful. and Yeah, where you live, not around here when it snows and sleets and rains. Well, you said you love the weather. Now you hate the well, weather. Well, I do like the weather, but I don't want a pet to walk. <laughs> Get a little <laughs> dog. You'd love it. No, thank you. Oh, boy. I don't oh. need a dog. All right. Well, what else is going on tonight? Anything else? Tonight? No. What's no. tonight? Tonight's Tuesday. Tuesday no. Big Tuesday night. It is. I don't know. You're no. watching any shows or anything? No. Daddy's been watching basketball morning, noon, and night. Oh, oh to have the oh, March boy. Madness. Oh. But I just go upstairs and watch. Yeah, I don't watch basketball. I hate. That's my worst sport to watch. And I mean, I love football. Then I'll come watch baseball. Then I'd rather watch hockey. I'd rather watch hockey than basketball. I like basketball, but I, my number one is football. And yeah. my least favorite is 
baseball. Oh, oh no, I like the Yankees, and I like. They throw baseball. the ball, and then there's a twenty minutes while the guy looks around and chews tobacco and scratches himself and looks around. Then he throws another pitch, ball. Then another twenty minute. Let's go. My God, that game could be over in 45 minutes, nine innings. It takes three fucking hours to play. I can't. I have no patience for baseball. Football, they do the play, huddle up, boom, another play. It's exciting. Hockey's very exciting. It never stops. And basketball, too, never stops. But baseball, let's go. What are we waiting? Why do you have to take so much time in between? I know that's the sport, oh. and Kerry loves hockey. He's always playing it. He knows all the players, the teams. Well, that's oh great. As God. long as he doesn't play it for real, I, he can like whatever he wants. I want that kid at a piano ASAP. Well, he's—I don't—he's more into sports right now. Well, we got to get him out of there. We need piano, guitar, singing. No he, he does. He still does that. To guess that he was playing his father's keyboard, and Violet was playing the. Um, saxophone. <laughs> Perfect. That's to what Christmas I think. Those, to good, Christmas songs. Good Christmas all year for any child, and that's what I think they should be doing. I don't. Sports are great for a hobby if you want to play them. Fine, whatever. But be very careful, and you know, let's get him into music and the arts. Well, that's your opinion. <laughs> well, it should be your opinion too. Well. If the kid doesn't want to go into music, I'm not forcing him. I never forced you. I didn't want to play any sport, and I was in all of them. Basketball, football, baseball, t-ball, soccer. Yeah, but when you got a little bigger, you weren't in them anymore. When you were like seven or eight, out and went. Oh, I played every... Can you imagine I played every sport? I know, but you were little. I know, but that's crazy. And so... I don't force anybody to do something they don't want no, to do. No, you shouldn't. Oh, Jim, I got low battery. Okay, people, she has low battery. Mom, thanks again for coming on and giving us your time. I don't know how it got low battery. I don't even use my phone all day. Wonderful. All right. Thank you very much. All right, son. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye. The Baby Mouth theme song is performed by me and was written by me and Jesse Vargas. Jesse also orchestrated, recorded, and mixed the song. The Baby Mouth artwork was created by Tim Quartier. You can follow the Baby Mouth podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Baby Mouth Pod. Tell me about your own personal food nightmare. Have you ever been forced to eat something horrible at a fancy party or on a first date? Is there a food you're afraid to try? I want to know all about your scary food experiences. Email me at babymouthpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to listen and subscribe to Baby Mouth wherever you get your podcasts. And please, don't forget to leave a review. Baby Mouth!